Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week two. You ready, uh, ready to preview some games? I am, but not before we recap one. We Yeah, we got one to recap here. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, we, we record this here on the evening of Wednesday the 8th. Uh, but as you mentioned, the last time we recorded was the afternoon of Monday the 6th, and we still had not yet seen Louisville take on Ole Miss. Final score there. Let me pull this up real quick. <laughs> Ole Miss 43, Louisville 24. Attaboy. The, the prepared one in the podcast right there. That's the first time for everything. Uh, by the way, the officials threw out four players for targeting in this game. That was a thing that happened. Yep. Good thing we're not still watching this game. There's a good chance that you would be under review for targeting as well. <laughs> um, yeah, this was not a good showing for Louisville, especially in the first half. They were down, what, 26 to nothing at halftime? Um, yeah. This was rough. The, the best scoring chance they had, they had the ball in you know deep in the red zone, uh, I think just a couple minutes before halftime. Went for it on fourth and two. Seemed like they had a really good play call in. It was gonna. They were going to convert it uh, when Malik Cunningham flips a little option pitch off to Hassan Hall, who seemed like he uh, started trying to run without the ball and dropped the ball, and yep. Ole Miss fell on it, and that was that. Um, yeah. And from there, just I mean, it was just a little bit of a romp. Louisville ended up getting some stuff going on offense in the second half. Um, they, they moved the ball pretty well. They scored points on all four of their possessions to, to come away with all the 24 points they had. But this thing got away from them pretty early. Ole Miss is good. I question if they're that good. This game did give me some concern about Louisville, Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am not a big fan of Malik Cunningham, the passer. Name that Cunningham. Uh, that, that was a McHale grade passing performance. That's yes. Sure. I was going to say, don't, don't confuse yourself. He threw it like <laughs> McHale, but he's still Malik. Um, it was poor. It was poor passing. Um, I feel like the energy look, was bad from Louisville. Like it was, and, and his numbers don't look that bad. Like 22 or 37, it isn't great, but like with the way it, it looked for much of the game, 22 or 37 for 191, a touchdown to pick, like it felt worse than that. You know, like, I mean, there was the graphic, Mike, right before halftime that that Cunningham was their leading passer, rusher and receiver. Yes, he had caught a nine yard pass. Yes. You tweeted that from the show account saying, is this a late go ACC moment at the week candidate, which if we didn't have this game being played on Monday night, it, in all likelihood, that would have been the go ACC moment of the week. Mm -hmm. Um Cunningham ended up being the leading rusher. Of course, he was the leading passer in this game. Um, he had one catch for nine yards randomly. This was, uh, I came away really concerned. Now, now, I, the biggest concern for me for Louisville is the passing game, right? Like, we can say what we want about the defense. Ole Miss is going to score 40-plus points on almost every team they play against, so I'm not too, too concerned with the defense. I mean, there were certainly, it certainly wasn't perfect. Matt Corral was really good. 22 or 32, 381 and a touchdown. He was really efficient all night. Um, but I, I come away with this, uh, come away from this uh, a bit more concerned with Louisville's offense than Louisville's defense. And yep. um, there didn't seem like there was a lot of fight in Louisville in this game. I thought they were better in the second half, and certainly they seemed like they were playing a bit more inspired, but it shouldn't take you being down four scores for you to be playing inspired and 
they were just totally asleep at the switch. It felt like in the first half, nothing was really working. The offense was totally stagnant. And, you know, anytime they did get some offense going, they made a mistake. So um, not the best start to the year for Louisville. I, I think most expected them to lose this game. You and I both picked Ole Miss to win. Um, you thought Louisville could keep this close. I think they certainly could have if, they played a bit better in the first half, um, but I, I'm just not. I don't come away from this game with a high degree of confidence in the outlook of the season for Louisville. Um, but it is just one game, and maybe they they regroup and they look a little bit better moving forward. But it wasn't the best showing. Yeah, I, I saw enough from them in the second half, and I realized who they were playing against and some things that I'm not ready to like totally check out on this Louisville team just yet. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Ole Miss's offense is really, really good, and they're going to get theirs and their yards and their points. So coming away, giving up 43 points to their offense, like, I don't think that's some sort of cardinal sin, <laughs> pun intended. Right. Um, it, that's not the worst thing you can do. It was. It really was that offense in the first half when it was still a competitive game that, I mean, they just looked kind of lifeless at times, like, you know, they really had a hard time running the ball at times. They they, they seem like they just couldn't get in rhythm. Um, I, we'll see if that holds up, you know, as they get into their schedule here over the next few yep. weeks. Yep. But, I mean, you can't do that again. That was definitely concerning for sure. That was bad. I mean, you can't fall behind like that. That's... Yep. I mean, we, we thought that the only way that Louisville could stay competitive here is if they, you know, played from ahead, which... Obviously, you're going to have a hard time doing that if you're down four scores at halftime. So, yep, <laughs> that is not that's not how you want to play from ahead. Is by being makes it difficult. At yeah, halftime. yeah, makes it difficult. Um, hard to and, and Kirk Herbstreit actually mentioned this on the telecast. And I thought it was a really good point. Like, there aren't going to be many teams this year who are going to have a high degree of success if they fall behind by more than one score to Ole Miss. Like, right? I mean. They can score with anybody. I'd put Ole Miss's offense up against anybody's in the country. I mean, they're going to score some points. That's probably like a top ten to top fifteen offense. I mean, they'll at worst they'll yeah, score on anybody worst. and everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, keep in mind at least last year, if not the year before as well, since Lane Kiffin has been there, and of course he didn't coach in this game, but the offensive coordinator here was oh, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, Jeff Lebby, I believe, who is off the the Bryles tree and. Yep. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's a good play caller, all these things. Like, th that's a team that in the last two years has given Alabama a run for their money. Like, you know, they, they've taken them into the fourth quarter because they can just score so effectively. Um, so, you know, this, this could legitimately be a very, very good Ole Miss team. They could be like the third or fourth best team, at least in the SEC West, if not the SEC overall. So right. we'll keep an eye on that. But. Um, the other thing I was going to say, it didn't it really didn't help Louisville's defense at all that they lost Monty Montgomery in particular to that targeting call. Um, you know, he's a guy who really is the kind of the spiritual leader of that defense and and brings a lot of energy and a lot of fight. And you could tell how upset he was after being ejected from the game. That made a difference. I don't think it made the difference, but it, it really didn't help kind of what, what else was going on on that side of the ball. Yeah, we don't have to sit here and have a discourse about targeting, but I, I hate it. It's yeah, yeah. I get it. I get why it's there, and I get why the penalty is so steep, and it's to prove a point and player safety and all that stuff. I hate it. Yeah, it's there. There's been a lot of talk that that rule needs to change in some form or fashion. Um, 
you understand the purpose of it and and the goal and why it's yep. kind of necessary or a necessary evil in some form or fashion. But like, it's <laughs> it's a pretty prohibitive rule. You know, as soon as you start throwing guys out the first time this happens, and even in in cases where it was kind of accidental or, or kind of circumstantial, you know, and not not some deliberate heinous act, like right. So. Right. I mean, until until we're able to consistently call it, you know, one way or another on bang bang plays where it's clear that a runner up, uh, you know, defender wasn't trying to use the crown of his helmet. I mean, until we can consistently call that the same way, like we shouldn't be throwing guys out on on first defense. But yep. yep. It is. Almost forty three, Louisville twenty four. Mike, let's talk week two in the ACC. Oh man. This is is going to be interesting because the games kind of suck, but there's also some potential here. There is potential. uh, There's certainly potential for some money to be made. So that's worth discussing here. Um, Before we get into these games, Mike, the lines that we use, the totals that we use, those come from bet us America's favorite online sports book. They've been in, lo- in business for over 30 years now. Uh, all sorts of things you can bet on. College football, uh, they've still got a couple of win totals out there. They've got spreads. They've got totals. They've got first half lines, first quarter lines, all sorts of crazy things you can go bet on. For college football, you've got the NFL starting up here this weekend. Uh, the baseball playoffs coming up. There's all sorts of things you can go bet on. Go bet on them at betus.com. Uh, use promo code GOACC for a uh, at a minimum $100 deposit. You can get a 125% sign-up bonus um, or GOACC200 for a 200% bonus on depositing crypto with a minimum $100 deposit. Just another reason to invest in crypto, Joey. Really. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here, really. In particular. Yes. Yes. Go check out BetUS.com. Thank, thanks to them for providing all the lines here that we uh, we will discuss here moving forward. Mike, we uh, there, there's no real obvious way to order this week's games. And so what we're going to do is start with the smallest spread and work towards the largest. Now, the thing is, the ACC has 14 games this weekend. Uh, I believe six of them are against FCS competition, which we don't have spreads for. We, we don't make picks for on this podcast the way that it goes. And here's the problem with that, Joey. Some of those FCS games could get a little bit competitive. Uh, yeah, I've got opinions on a couple of them, but <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, the other thing here too is, Mike, we we introduced our new little betting game last weekend. Um, so far, this will come as a shock to everybody. You're winning. <laughs> um, after all the numbers and bets were total, we we started out with 500 Van Gorder coin a piece. Uh, I am down to 437. You are down to 475. So both of us losers, but I'm a bigger loser than you, which you know would win me something if this was a TV show, it turns out. Yeah, the key to betting and golf and a lot of other sports is to just lose less than the other guy. Right, so, right. That's what I'm in it for. Yeah, no, that's, that's really the whole goal here. Yeah. All right, let's start working our way through these. We're going to start from the smallest spread and work our way up, and you're going to see these things balloon pretty quickly. Yep. So for starters, I don't know where else we would start other than two o'clock on the ACC network as the Syracuse Orange are a two and a half point home underdog to the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Total is 52. I were, were you expecting this kind of number for this game? What a sport. <laughs> uh, no, were you? 
I would have thought Rutgers something bigger, like yeah. six or seven. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Can Syracuse follow up last week's uh, riveting win over the Ohio Bobcats? That's one way to put it. Rutgers, by the way, 61 to 14 winners over Temple. And that is not a good Temple team for what that's worth. Are we sure that what Syracuse did last week running the football is repeatable week to week? No. <laughs> no. Like the issues that Syracuse has had in recent years running the football, that is not yet a decidedly repeatable skill. Correct. That's where I'm at, too. Um, Rutgers looked really good last week. Now, Temple stinks, right? And, and Syracuse went to the game against Ohio. It ended up being a pick em. You know, by the time it was all said and done. So it's not like, you know, it's not like Syracuse was supposed to be 20 points better than Ohio, you know, winning that game 29 to 9. So they they went out and they played well also. Ohio better than Temple? Um, I think so. Probably, yeah. Probably. Probably. The, the only reason I, w- I would I would hedge a little bit is because Ohio doesn't have Frank Solich as their coach anymore. So I think that's the only reason why I hedge just a little bit. But yes, I, th- I think the answer is yes. I think Ohio is a better team. Um, Ohio is probably not losing 61 to 14 to Rutgers. No, no, probably not that bad, but they're probably losing to Rutgers. Yeah, probably. It wasn't that long ago when Rutgers was one of the worst teams in college football. So we've we've come full circle because now they're playing, in my opinion, one of the worst teams in college football in Syracuse. I'm on Rutgers here, Joe. Rutgers. I'm looking up to see what uh, what SP Plus has to say about this. Let's see. Syracuse is 83rd nationally, and Rutgers is 70th. And on a neutral field, it would be about a four-point spread. Put them at home, and there's your number of two and a half. I, I, sh- I really should just take Rutgers. But part of me wants to be the ACC homer and take Syracuse. Yeah, trusting Dino Babers has always worked well. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I'll just take Syracuse. I'm not going to put any, any Van Gorder coin on it. I don't know. Uh, totals 52. I do kind of like the over there. I don't think this is a, like a, a particularly defensive struggle. I think there's going to be some points scored here. I'm just... I'm on Rutgers for the podcast. I'll take the yonder. I, I'm not, I, we're not... We're not betting this. We're not betting this, Joey. Big old disagreement there. Syracuse in the over for me. Rutgers in the under for you. We'll, uh, yeah, if you want to go bet that, it's on BetUS. Go check it out. America's favorite sports book. 30 years. Go ACC. If, if you like to bet disgusting lines, boy, do we have a game for you. It is out there and ready for you. All right. Moving on. The NC State Wolfpack at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Heading to Starkville. Taking on Mike Leach and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. NC State, a two-and-a-half point road favorite. Total is 55-and-a-half. Mike, give me NC State. You know what? Let's lock that bad boy up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. NC State has the defense to hang with this Mississippi State team. They're going to score some points. Can they win this game on the road in Starfield by a field goal? Yep. Give me the Wolfpack. 
Joey. Yes, sir. I have a couple things to say here. Okay. All right. Mississippi State's starting quarterback is KJ Costello. Yes. Um, he's not very good. Little known younger brother of Elvis Costello, it turns out. Oh, really? Sure. Don't don't look it up. Just trust me. And distant cousins of Presley, comma Elvis. Uh, this is a this is a game that I don't feel very good about Mississippi State's chances. Right, like KJ Costello, I, week to week, a lot of variability. Mississippi State's coming off a game in which they had to really score a lot of points in the fourth quarter to overcome Louisiana Tech, who I'm not sure is particularly good. Yep. Um, NC State, meanwhile, is probably the second best team in the Atlantic. If not, they're in that conversation. Um, this is a game where they go on the road, and I think Mississippi State is getting a bit of the benefit of the doubt for being an SEC school. I do not think that NC State's in a situation here where they're in danger of losing this game in a blowout. I don't think they're even um, in a position to lose this game outright. In fact, I'm on NC State, too, uh, minus two and a half, and I'm also going to lock this up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Double barrel locks. NC State on the road in an SEC building. What could possibly go wrong? I will say I'm that even, of all the home field advantages out there, like Starkfield's a pretty good one. That's a pretty raucous crowd, and and I could see NC State getting a little bit shook by them if if that game is uh, close for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, Louisiana Tech got shook too. You know, <laughs> well, I you know if I put NC State up against Louisiana Tech, I would be inclined to take NC State straight up. But yeah, that's why we're locking this game up. I love the Wolf back here, Joey. I yep. love the Wolf back here. Um, I think Bam Knight has a big day. I think Devin Leary has success against this Mississippi State defense that I'm not sure really wants to cover anybody. Um, I'm on the over as well. Um, I think there's a pretty good opportunity. This gets pointy. Um, I will not be betting the total with Van Gorder coin, but I will be putting 20 on NC State. 20 on NC State in the spread. Uh, give me 30. I've got I've got room. I've got ground. I got to make up here, Mike. Yes. I've got ground. Yeah, to make you do got to make up some ground. Yes, I do. Um, you said over for the total. I'm on. The, I'm on the over. Yeah, I'm on the over. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under. I, it's not that big of a number, but I I could see this being a little bit more of a defensive struggle. Um, you know, especially again, Mississippi State's offense is not that complex. Like it's it's the air raid. It's it's Mike Leach. But as, I mean, I mean, and there's a pretty clear blueprint for defending it, right? Is if you can get pressure while dropping seven or eight, like you're going to be pretty in, in pretty good shape. So this is going to be a good test of NC State's secondary of, of can they keep everything in front of them and and force Mississippi State to drive the field and, and see if they can do that. Um, for what it's worth, SP Plus has Mississippi State 60th overall. NC State is 29th overall, uh, about a touchdown spread on a neutral field. So really, NC State should be a bigger favorite here. Uh, they should be probably like a, a four or five point favorite instead of two and a half. So probably some value there, we could say. But uh, I agree with you. I'm on NC State. We both have them locked. I've got some Vanguard coin. You got some Vanguard coin. 
No, no uh, Van Gorder coin on the totals. Keep the uh, under for me, over for you, but leave that alone. Life's too short to bet the under, Joey. Just remember that. <laughs> Disagree. I like money. Um, moving on. Well, my... clearly you don't. You you lost a bunch last week. I well, I, I like to try to get money and then yes, fair enough. <laughs> try to justify why I didn't get the money. Fair enough. You know, life is not too short to lose money betting. It turns out. Oh, that's for damn sure. And I'll be losing plenty of it this weekend. I'm sure. Noon on ESPN. The Pitt Panthers on the road taking on the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, Pitt is a three-point road favorite. Mike, this line stinks. It does. Something's wrong here. Tennessee looked awful last year against our Bowling Green Falcons. Why why is Pitt only a three-point favorite in this game? Don't know. Is there anything you'd like to do about that? I've I've been saying all day, Joey that Pittsburgh is going to win this game comfortably. I've been saying it all day. They're the better team. Mm-hmm. They have the better quarterback. They have the better defense. Tennessee looked objectively awful throwing the football against Bowling Green, one of the worst FBS teams in the country. I don't understand this line. And when you don't understand the line... You don't make the obvious pick, Joey. We've learned that the hard way on this podcast multiple times. I have flipped my pick here. I am going with Tennessee. Steering into it. I'm steering into it. I don't get it. I'm going with Tennessee, and I will not be putting anything on this game. And I was thinking about betting it. You know, we, we were texting in a thread with, with Scott, my brother-in-law, an avid follower and friend of the podcast. Hi, Scott. Hey. Been texting about this all day today and i said yeah probably bet pittsburgh and now i am a little bit afraid to bet it i am going to bet i'm just going to say tennessee wins because that's what vegas is telling me i so i i i am i'm sticking with my gut here and saying pittsburgh the the biggest issue that i saw last week mike was tennessee had a lead of 14 to 6 at halftime against Bowling Green. The biggest problem there being they scored 14 points in 30 minutes against Bowling Green. Ah, screw it. I, you know what, Joey? Yes? You know what, Joey? Um, Pittsburgh, lock it up. Oh! You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock and it I up. promise you, Joey, I promise Flipping you back. that will be my only other lock tonight. Okay? <laughs> I promise you we're getting both out of the way early. I got a little liberal with it. And you know what? I'm I'm sticking with my guns too. I'm sticking with my guns. I'll uh, I'll ease off the trigger finger then on these uh, these locks as we move yeah. forward. The yeah. the one weird thing, Mike. So so like I said, I mean, Pitt. You know, Tennessee <laughs> scored 14 points in the first half against the Bowling Green defense. Yep. And now they got to face the Pitt defense, which is a you know a mild step up in quality from Bowling Green's defense, like. That, you know, just watching that game with my eyes, Tennessee was struggling to run the ball. They looked like, you know, completely disorganized. They ran it up a little bit in the second half, which is fine. But like, I, if you couldn't just come out and impose your will on Bowling Green, you're, I mean, I, I don't know what you're going to do trying to run the ball in this pit defense. Right. So I don't know how Tennessee scores here. I, I feel really good about Pittsburgh's chances. I'm going to take the under 
to be sure. The total is 56 and a half. That's too many points. Tennessee is not going to score that well in this game. I, I really don't think. I don't think that they've got the, the guys to run the system that Josh Heupel wants to run at Tennessee, at least you know not in order right now. Uh, I'm with you. Give me Pittsburgh. Let's lock that bad boy up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. And by the way, if you're new to the podcast, we don't lock up every single pick we make. <laughs> That's just to clarify. I know it seems that way, but, you know. It does. It does. Uh, give me 20 Van Gorder coin on, on Pittsburgh. I Just three points. That's it. Now, the one thing I will say that does give me a little bit of pause, SP Plus says Pittsburgh should be a three-point favorite over Tennessee on a neutral field. And now they're doing this in Knoxville. That's, you know, a little bit of cause for pause, I'll say. But, I, I mean, I just – I don't see how Pittsburgh – or how Tennessee's going to be able to score points on this Pittsburgh defense. I, I really like the Panthers here, even in a low-scoring game. Yeah, I'm I'm going to put 20 Van Gorder coin on the spread as well. I also like the under. Um <sighs> almost died there um we're doing great yeah it's going great yeah, this is the line doesn't make any sense to me like i don't it does not my my guts my gut says pit pick pit right because they are the better team and what i saw on tv out of pittsburgh and what i saw out on tv out of tennessee last week makes me say that Pittsburgh's the better football team. Vegas makes me want to think otherwise, which is why I waffled a little bit. But my gut has been all week to lock up Pittsburgh. I think it's the lock of the year. Like, this is unbelievable. Which, I can't believe I mean, it's literally an unbelievable line. That's the point where Vegas has you where they want you. <laughs> they got me by the balls, Joey. <laughs> it's yeah. a family program. But that's what they got me by. Yeah. The footballs. The footballs. <laughs> Family program. That's what we're talking about here. All right. We're both locking up Pittsburgh. I'm going to throw a 20 Van Gorder coin on, the, on Pittsburgh and 10 on the under as well. Yeah, I've got I've got ground to make up here. Uh, you've got 20 um, on Pitt and you've also got the under. Yeah, I'm not I'm not putting anything on the under. Fair enough. Uh, Mike, seven o'clock on ESPNU. The Miami Hurricanes, a nine-point home favorite taken on the App State Mountaineers. Uh, I, I could try to pronounce the whole name of that team, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it wrong. People are going to get mad about it. So we're just going to App State. Uh, Appalachian. Uh, yes, that sounds right. Miami, minus nine, a 54.5-point total. Does this line stink a little bit to you, Mike? Because it stinks a little bit to me. Yeah, I'm on Miami. Um, this is James Price is the quarterback at App State. He can't help himself but turn the football over um he played fine last week i just this is a bounce back spot for miami i think we're gonna find out pretty quickly what kind of football team there are one way or the other if i'm right about this pick i'm gonna feel a little bit better about miami's chances to actually be competitive the rest of the season if i'm wrong about this pick i think that we're going to have to reassess the outlook of the coastal division um at least with my pick of miami to start the year if you know they get blown out by Alabama and then they're in a dog fight with app state in week two. I'm probably not feeling great about Miami winning nine or 10. Um, but I, I think they bounce back here. I think they win, uh, by like 10 to 14 points. I don't think they like go out and just win this game by like three scores or something like that. I, 
I think it's competitive. I think App State will, you know, will obviously be well coached. I just think that Miami's the better team. I think they win this game at home going away. I, I I'm kind of with you. I am concerned that this could end up being like an Alabama beats you twice kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I am really not sure. Like, I, I have half a mind to say that either you take Miami to cover or you take App State straight up. Like, you know, it's a nine point spread, but if it's that close, that late in the game, I kind of feel like App State is going to go in there and win it. But, you know, again, I think the biggest thing maybe that I, I would have to hang my hat on here is that I think one of the things that we we really decidedly saw last year from Miami that was different than in years past was they did not really suffer the letdown in ways that we're used to. Um, we saw that Derek King just has a way to keep that team focused. He, I mean, as, as just as a leader, as a player, like he is consistent. He, you know, he does not seem like he gets dragged down by what has happened on the previous possession. He doesn't get dragged down by what happened in the previous game. I, I'm going to trust that Miami is not going to come out sluggish and and get beat by Alabama twice right I'm gonna take Miami to cover nine I'm not gonna be betting it I'm not gonna be locking it because this is a dangerous spot for a team that has not shown a a wealth of mental fortitude in recent years like mental and emotional fortitude I guess we'll say like can they go out and get up and you know as, as Stanford Steve would say can they get themselves off the deck after just getting train wrecked by Alabama on on Saturday and come out here in front of a home crowd that's going to be a little disappointed and take care of business against a feisty App State team. It's a dangerous spot. I think they can do it. I will not be surprised if they do not. Yep, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm on the under here as well, and I will not be placing any Van Gorder coin on this game. You and I are going to agree a lot this week, I think. Yep. Yeah, Miami the under, no uh, no bet on that. We will see how all of that goes. Moving on, Mike. At 11 a.m., that is not a typo. That is actually at 11 a.m. On the ACC Network, we have a game kicking off, and it's in Charlottesville. The Virginia Cavaliers taking on Illinois. Uh, the, the Illini, as it were. Virginia, a 10-point home favorite. Total is 55 I I like Virginia in this spot quite a bit. Yeah, I, I like Virginia here too. Uh, I, Arthur Sitkowski is not a very good quarterback, right? And not he came in game. against Nebraska and he played fine against Nebraska, who's not very good. Um, Illinois went out last week, lost to UT San Antonio, which tells you all you need to know about that. Uh, this is not a very good football team, Illinois. They, they have some fight in them. They're not good yet. Bielema will have that program back being semi-competitive at the very least. He's a good coach, um, or at least good enough for what they need him for. And Virginia is just a much better, well-developed football program right now, and they're at home. I, I really like Virginia in this spot. I'm not going to lock it up because 10 points is a lot. Um, but I, I do like Virginia to win and cover here. And I am on the under because I don't think that Illinois is going to score a ton of points. I'm not sh- quite sure how many Virginia is going to score, but it'll be more than Illinois. I'm going to put uh, 10 on Virginia against the spread, and then I'm going to put 10 on the total as well here. 
I, I'm with you on this thinking. I and and the thing we talked about a little bit earlier was that I, I mean. Illinois looked pretty good and gave Nebraska a pretty hard time there a couple of weeks ago in week zero. Nebraska is not particularly well put together to stop what Illinois was wanting to do. Virginia is very well put together to stop what Illinois wants to do. Yeah. This is a good spot, a good matchup for Virginia. And it's, and I mean, for them being in what year five, year six uh, of Bronco Mendenhall, like, it would be a different story if this was year two or year three where they're still kind of developing. But I mean, this program is in, is specifically designed to win this type of game. You know, the Illinois offense is really not going to be all that creative, not all that, you know, exciting. And, and I think Virginia is able to keep, keep everything in front of them and, and force Illinois to try to drive the field. And I don't think Illinois is going to be able to do it. Like you said, I mean, Art Sikowski as a quarterback at this point is not like, a, a real major threat. So uh, give me the, give me the calves. Um, I'm with you. Give me, you know what? You're going 10, 10 Van Gorder coin. I'm going 15 on oh, Virginia right. and 15 right. on the under. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll try not to screw it up. We'll see. It's probably not. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's right. If I, if I lose everything this week, by the way, <laughs> I am way in a hole. So uh, I mean, to, I mean, you know, to be totally transparent, I didn't lose a bet last Thursday night. College football's de facto opening night with like games that actually mattered, mm-hmm. and then I lost pretty much every bet I placed on Saturday. So yeah, oh, our picks last week looked great coming out of Thursday, even coming out of Friday. Yeah, and then Saturday <laughs> was not good. Not good. Quite not bad, good. actually. Yes, quite bad. All right, Virginia and the under. We're both uh, putting a couple of Van Gorder pesos on that one. So, uh, yeah, we, we can, we can recommend that moving on two o'clock on the ACC network extra, which basically just check your local listings, ESPN three yep. or, you know, whatever yep. it is, or any, wherever you can find tax shavers and spurtles alike. <laughs> God, uh, your Virginia tech Hokies, the number 19 Virginia tech Hokies, Mike hosting the middle Tennessee state blue Raiders, uh, Virginia Tech, a 20 and a half point home favorite totals 54 and a half. Uh, Mike, are you concerned about Virginia Tech in this spot? This is the classic let down look ahead spot for Virginia Tech. But then when I look at the matchup, you know, we were just talking about, you know, Virginia's matchup with Illinois and how well they're set up to, you know, kind of shut down what Illinois wants to do. Um, Virginia Tech's defensive line gave North Carolina a ton of issues last Friday night. A ton of issues. Um, to say the least, uh, middle Tennessee state starts three true freshmen on the offensive line, including one at left tackle. Amari Barno is going to be going up against a true freshman. Um, Bailey Hawkman threw two interceptions against Virginia tech last year as NC state's starting quarterback. Uh, I don't anticipate that he will do much of anything very well in this football game. Uh, I don't think Virginia tech you know, on offense, you know, even if they put in the most mediocre performances and actually have a letdown offensively, I have a really hard time seeing them not covering the spread because I'm not sure how much middle Tennessee state's going to score. I think Virginia tech wins this football game. Um, something like 45 to 14. Um, and I, I think that this goes over because I think Virginia tech will get into the forties. I think middle Tennessee state can score in garbage time. I, I think Tech wins. I think they cover. I think it goes over slightly. Um, 
and uh, again, this is classic let down, look ahead spot, but middle Tennessee state does not match up very well against Virginia tech. I just have a hard time seeing them cover this spread. Even if Virginia tech doesn't play very well. Well, I mean, at minimum, you've kind of talked me out of it here because I, I was pretty gung ho ready to jump on middle Tennessee, you know, getting three touchdowns in this clear sandwich spot. I mean, they've got West Virginia next week, right? Virginia tech does like, Coming off the huge emotional win Friday night, enter Sandman fans back in the stands, like, you know, huge showing. Everyone's been partying all weekend, you know, feeling really feeling good about themselves. Virginia Tech is ranked in the polls this week. Like, it's all going great. And then comes this team that they're just going to steamroll, which naturally usually means that middle's going to make it a game. And, you know, this will get a little, a little more dicey than it's supposed to. But gosh, you're, I mean, some of the things you're mentioning there about the matchup. Ah, gosh, I, I'm a lot less gung ho. I'm going to take Virginia Tech here based on what you're saying, matchup wise. I, I I'm not going to bet it because there is still huge letdown look ahead potential here uh, for the Hokies, and and I'm I'm very wary of that. Um, and 54 and a half, really not that big of a total. So in a game that could turn into a blowout, yeah, I'll take the over. Um, there's always a chance that Virginia Tech could like pretty much get there by themselves kind of as you were alluding to. So I'm going to agree with you. You know more about this than I do. So I'm going to let you talk me out of it. But I, I, you know, if this got outside of three touchdowns, I would not blame folks that are wanting to uh, maybe get a couple shekels on, on middle Tennessee. Yeah. I'm going to put 15 on Virginia tech with the spread. Hmm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident here. And it, and look, like I said, this is, not a good spot for Virginia Tech. But if you consider like some of the letdown games they've had in recent years, like when they lost to East Carolina in 2014, you know, when they lost to Old Dominion in 2018, when they were trailing 2019 to Furman at halftime, like Middle Tennessee State is more on the Furman side of things than like the East Carolina side of things. Yeah. 2014. Like this is a bad Middle Tennessee State team. Yeah, I was just looking at their – I think they're just barely inside the top 100. Yeah, 94th. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're about 10 spots lower than Syracuse. A um, couple spots higher than Duke, it turns out. So go Are Blue Raiders. All? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, me, Joey, like I, bring, I, I break this out, you know, a couple times a year. I mean – you, me, and Dupree probably have a higher S&P Plus rating than, than Duke at this point. <laughs> oh, Duke, why did it have to be this way? Why? Why, why, why? Is the, is the backup coach better than the starter coach? Okay. <laughs> Can't be a lot worse at this point. That's uh, okay. <laughs> that is correct. Virginia Tech and the over. You've got a couple of uh, Van Gorder pesos on, uh, on Virginia Tech there. A couple couple shekels yeah so go for that moving on mike to 7 30 p.m on espn3 as the number 24 north carolina tar heels hosting the georgia state panthers north carolina a 26 point home favorite total is 66 and a half i i'm i, I kind of want to lock up and you know unc here but i'm not going to this feels like this is going to be the one, you know, you get in front of your home crowd, 
Mac Brown had just like one of the most sour, pissed off looks on his face I think I've ever seen all of last weekend's game. I feel like they're going to come out and try to kill a Georgia State team that really is probably not that good. I hope you like blood and gore. North Carolina, lock it up. Whoa! What's better than this? Lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Yep. Please. Um, Definitely hit the wrong button on the soundboard there, by the way. You caught me off guard. You told me no more locks, and then you locked another one up. Surprise. Such as I am Houdini. I am Houdini. I locked up four games last week, and I'm locking up three this week. Um, (laughs) I just really like these lines. I'm sorry. I... I went 500 with my locks last week. I'll try to do a little bit better this week. Uh, this is just North Carolina is going to be fine. Like I know you and I differ on this a little bit based off of, and it's interesting because you were higher on North Carolina coming into the year than I was. I yep. think I'm a little bit higher on Carolina coming out of the Virginia Tech game than you are potentially. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I'm just kind of steadfast in the fact that like, I think they're going to be much better in mid-October than they are right now. And I really do think they'll be fine. They got some time to, to figure things out. I think they get the kinks out in this game. I think Carolina is going to find some playmakers for Sam Howell on the outside. I think the offensive line will play a bit better. Um, I, I think they're going to want to go out and put a beat down on Georgia state and just be like, Hey, we're not guys. We're going to be fine. Right. And we ain't dead yet. Right. And and there's certainly, I mean, certainly a path, obviously there's a ton of games left. There's certainly a path for Carolina. to still have a really good year when the division, you know, being the ACC championship game, like hit those aspirations, you know, if they go 11 and one and you know, they beat Clemson in, in the ACC championship game. They're still going to have a case to make to try to get into the playoff, you know, if they want to. So I, I don't think they're quite that good, but I, I think they're going to have a fine year. Uh, I'm on Carolina here. I, I locked it up, so I got to put 20 here on Carolina. And uh, the over-under is 66 and a half. Um, I'm going to go under only because I'm not sure how much Georgia State's going to score. So yeah, that's where I'm yeah. at. I'm on the under as well. And I, you know, for something like the the biggest issue that I had with North Carolina last week was in the trenches, how just kind of soft they looked. And and to me, and, and maybe this is the sign of somebody who hasn't played a ton of full contact football in their life, but like the, the lack of physicality is not like a, a real, you know, stars and, and like athleticism kind of thing. Like, you can kind of teach physicality and strength and some of these things. Like you just got to find guys that want to do it. Right. And I think that was how Georgia state beat Tennessee in Knoxville a couple or three years ago was they went out there and they just wanted it more than Tennessee. And they were willing to go hit them and, and hit them right. in the mouth and Tennessee didn't hit back. And, yeah. And yep. so my concern becomes if they come out and hit North Carolina in the mouth, I mean, North Carolina didn't hit, didn't hit back last week. Are they going to hit back right. this week? So I'm not going to lock up North Carolina. I, I like the under as well. I think this could be a little bit more of a competitive game. Um, but I also, I, I, I really think that after last week's showing, North Carolina probably tries to come out and make a little bit of an example out of Georgia State. Um, but again, I mean, that's a lot of points, and there's a lot of things that could go wrong. So no, uh, points. no investment from me on this one. Moving on. 
3.30 p.m. on TV network not listed. Uh, Mike, My favorite. Do you, do you have a plan for how you're going to watch the Boston College UMass game on Saturday? Going to ride in on my horse like Paul Revere. <laughs> ride into Amherst. Uh, Boston College, a 37.5 point favorite on the road. Dear God. The total is 58. Imagine if they were at home. Good Lord. Uh, what are we projecting here? Like 48 to 10 is the implied score, if I'm not mistaken. Like, goodness yeah. gracious. That's that's giving UMass a lot of credit. It's thinking they'll score 10 points. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually, though, it is. Um, yeah, so UMass team unders, by the way. Uh, let, let's see if we can get it outside of a touchdown. I'll, I'll ride with that again this week. Yeah. Um, Boston College wearing their red bandana game uniforms, but this is not the red bandana game. Uh, they're more just trying to acknowledge and honor, I think, you know, the 20 year anniversary of, of nine 11, uh, which of course was kind of the, the Genesis of the story of the red bandana game. So there's that. Um, I, I guess just Boston college. I, I mean, you, UMass is God awful. Yeah. I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, UMass is garbage. They're pretty garbage. They're, they're, they're garbage. I mean, they're they're bad. Yeah, I can't, and and I, I'm. It's a huge spread, but I'm taking it with some confidence too. Like BC, put 15 on BC. Jeez, I'm. I'm sorry. I mean, this is they beat Colgate 51 nothing last week, right? And mm-hmm. how much better is UMass and Colgate? Some, but not much. Marginally better. I mean, is the correct answer. UMass fifty-one to seven. Easty's offense is better than Pitts. Probably, yeah. I, Give me yeah. BC, man. Give me BC. I think so. I I'm going to put ten on it. I'm I'm a little more of a conservative guy. I'm also a little bit down, so I don't want to don't want to push it too hard. But yeah, give me ten on Boston College here. Um, I feel good about that. Total is 58. If if anything, lean under, because like we said, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to get a lot of help from UMass in terms of scoring. So give me the under, but nothing uh, nothing wagered on that one. I'm on the under as well. Total's really good. I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, leave that one alone. All right, Boston College and the under, both of us with a wager there. 37 and a half point favorite on the road. On the road. Maybe um, just consider not scheduling them anymore. Maybe UMass considers moving down to FCS or something. I mean, that's that's pretty embarrassing. That's well, that's bad. Well, I mean, we also know BC. The only reason they were good last year is they feasted on an easy schedule, right? So why not let that continue? <laughs> hey, whatever there works. There it is. For what it's worth, this is less than a two-hour drive. So this is... I mean, this is closer than Georgia Tech to Clemson um, in terms of, like, road trip. So, I mean, it's it's a road game, but only kind of. So, Yeah. You can pull a Ted Kennedy and put your car in the river if you're UMass and the game goes poorly. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. Yep. We're, we're going to get canceled as hell. Mike, that's all uh, the games we have. Uh, we have spreads for. We have six more games to talk about. 
Those are all the games we have spreads for. But wait, there's six more. Yeah, wait, there's more. Um, so yeah, so for those that are unaware, these FBS versus FCS games, a lot of times the spread doesn't get posted until like Friday or so. And I mean, it is like the monopoly money of all spreads. Like it's just sort of making up numbers in a lot of cases, it feels like. Um, they're, they're pretty inflated numbers. So we don't really know what the numbers are going to be here. So we can't really make picks as we sit here talking about this on Wednesday evening. But we are going to run through these games real quick and just kind of hit on if, if there's anything worth talking about or worth, you know, being concerned over <laughs> as we go through them. Patience, oh, Mike. Got... Patience, Mike. Okay. We're almost there. Before we do these, Mike, the, the first game we want to talk about, of course, the preview is brought to you by Section 103. Section 103, the online home of all sorts of all of high quality uh, Georgia Tech gear with the official word mark on it. I've got a couple of performance shirts I adore. They are so comfortable. They look great. They are high quality, well-made. They keep you cool in the hot weather. You have one of those uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium is my happy place shirts coming your I way. I do. I that, do. That's not a joke either. Like It's a great shirt. You know what? I, I was going down the list and I was like, you know what? I need myself one of these Section 108 performance shirts. And you know what? found one that's right that's right so go check out section 103.com uh, again all sorts of great i said 108 i'm an idiot section 103 can't we get the ad read right i wasn't gonna call you on it but we're getting there we're getting there it's it's late at night anyways um section 103.com yes. go check them out t-shirts hoodies uh performance wear regular wear for men women children all sorts of great stuff with official georgia tech word marks on it go check them out use promo code GOACC for 10 percent off your first order at section103.com. We love them. You will love them too. Shout out to Steven and the gang. They do a great job. Cannot recommend them enough. Please don't cancel me for not even knowing the name of your company right there for a momentary lapse there in the middle of the podcast. So. This is a professional ass podcast, Mike. Yes, that's right. Section103.com. At noon on ESPN3, check your local listings, Mike. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets hosting the Kennesaw State Owls. Can I say something real quick? I will be checking the local listings. You will. You will. Um, so here's the thing, Mike. And, and as we talk about these games, first off, we look this up. SP Plus projects Georgia Tech to win this game by about 21 points and gives them about an 81% chance to win. That's bad by SP Plus, you know, FCS game standards. Like... That's that's concerning that there's a 20% chance that that Kennesaw State would win this game outright. Um, that's to be concerned about. The other thing I was going to mention here is, and something I kind of forgot to mention on our recap afterwards, and, and we've talked about a little bit, is I'm starting to think of this in terms of how many games does Jeff Collins need to win by the end of next season in order to save his job? And I think that number is something like 12 to 13 games, you know, anywhere between 11 and 13, basically, which is to say if they go four and eight this year, I think they got to go like seven and five, maybe eight and four next year to save his job. So the point is, if you got to win, you know, 12 of your next 23 games, you damn well better start on Saturday. And if you mess it up, that's the point where Todd Stansberry, the AD might be hitting that break glass in case of emergency case in his office and dialing up whatever donations he can get to move on from Jeff Collins. So 
for a guy who's got a track record of losing these games to FCS teams, this would be a really good week to break that trend, Mike. Yep. Some friend of the show, Jeff Greenberg, uh, tweeting with you today, saying, suggesting that, you know, COVID year was tough for everybody. Can't underestimate how hard that was. This is really like year two and a half for Jeff Collins. I would agree, except some of the teams they're losing to are really bad and require little to no practice to prepare for. So I am just sitting here wondering how in the world Georgia Tech fans and alums and donors are going to do the calculus in their head of, oh, yeah, this is still okay. If Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech starts 0-2 with losses to Northern Illinois and Kennesaw State. Um, I, Joey, they, they better beat Kennesaw State. They damn well had better. Yeah. I, I mean, again, Northern Illinois in, in the updated SP Plus, after the win, Northern Illinois 108th in SP Plus rankings. Like, yeah, not good at all. This would be Jeff Collins second FCS loss in three years. And and, and of all places to do this, by the way, right. you, you would be losing to another FCS team that's running the option. This one in particular being coached by a former Paul Johnson assistant. And I, I just after all the time that you spent talking about how much this pro system was better than the option system to have lost to two FCS programs that are running the option shoe buddy. There is not egg on the face. Like there would be, if that were the case, this would be the epitome of chef's kiss. And you know what? I don't <laughs> want to see it for you, you know, for your sanity because you'll like stroke out or something. And I don't mm. want to see that happen because we have podcasts to record. <laughs> Um, but in some ways, look, we all, we all love to see the carnage, right? It's part <laughs> of the reason why a lot of people want to see Virginia tech bottom out. They still might, there's, there's plenty of time. Um, just cause you can we, see the car wreck about to happen. Doesn't mean you're going to turn away. Right. That, that's, that's correct. <laughs> um, Joey, how do you feel about this game? Let me ask you this. How do you, how's the fan base feel about this game? If, if Georgia Tech doesn't lose, but they win by like 10 um, after losing to Northern Illinois, if, how's everybody if, feeling? If it's like a 10-point game at the start of the fourth quarter and they win by 10 and it's 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 not comfortable, but it's not like that uncomfortable, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really move the needle much at all. I think a lot of people would still be very pessimistic, um, but they're not as willing to just pile on even more as long as you win the game what's the one about like a field goal that's a little more dicey especially if it's like a last uh-huh. especially if it's like a last second thing where you know you've got the ball and you're down four points with you know two and a half minutes to go and you drive and score to win the game like <laughs> i mean you won but people aren't really gonna like it What's the uh, alternate spread for the freak out meter for all of you engineering folk? Five and a half? At least. At least. What I was going to say, by the way, is is if if and when this number is released, and, and I think I'm expecting them to be about a three-touchdown favorite, just take Kennesaw. Take Kennesaw. History says Collins teams aren't going to run away and hide from these completely overmatched FCS teams. And that goes back to Temple, by the way. When he yeah. was the head coach at Temple, they lost to Villanova one year, and I think they they almost lost to him the other year. Like, 
this is what Collins does is they just they they play to the level of their competition and a lot of times they get bit when they play these not so good teams. Take Kennesaw on the twenty one. Look, Jeff Collins, if if you lose your job and you want to keep losing teams to mediocre competition, I'm sure Virginia Tech has a spot on their coaching staff for you. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. All right. Anyways, that was your Georgia Tech preview brought to you by Section103.com. Promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Go check them out. Highly recommended. Uh, Mike, we're just going to go back in time and kind of work through the rest of these chronologically. Uh, 8 o'clock on Friday night on the ACC Network. Speaking of don't lose this game, the Duke Blue Devils hosting North Carolina A&T and that's a North Carolina A&T team that is kind of spunky. Like, they can they can come get you. And <laughs> I don't think Duke's going to screw around and lose this game. But if they do, that could also be the uh, the end of David Cutcliffe. I think that's that's a potential firing game. Yeah, North Carolina A&T quarterback Jalen Fowler, he's not particularly efficient or particularly good, but he shows some flashes. So... Yeah, I I ain't saying I'm just saying. Yeah, I actually kind of like a Joey. I kind of like a here. I I want to know what that number is going to be because depending on what it is, I I I might not mind it either. After what we saw from Duke, after what we saw from Duke last week against Charlotte, yeah, like anything's possible, man. (laughs) I kind of. Don't mind a and And the way Duke's defense looked, I mean, Ron Hunt for a and in the opener, five catches for 146 yards and two touchdowns. So if I were Duke, I'd go ahead and cover him. Yeah, recommend that. Uh, noon on the ACC Network Extra, the Wake Forest Steeman Deeks hosting Norfolk State. Tickets available for as low as $5 to this game, it turns out. I could also buy a beer for like $5, so I'll do that instead. Wake by a lot here, right? Norfolk State lost last week to Toledo by a score of 49 to 10. So Toledo ain't that good. So No. So this is your uh this is a body bag game of the week candidate. Um, yes. Yeah, wake by a lot. No questions there. We'll keep moving at 5 o'clock. I'm really getting thrown off here, Mike, because I keep – like, I'm in Houston, so I'm in Central Time, so I'm looking at these game times in Central Time, but they're, like, such a non-standard schedule this week. There's all sorts of games at weird times that I'm having to, like, really rack my brain to figure out what time these games actually start in the East Eastern time zone. Yeah. So I think Clemson, the number six Clemson Tigers, take on South Carolina State at 5 o'clock on the ACC Network. Why not? Well, that'll be good for those kids from South Carolina State to get some TV time. <laughs> good for them. Good for them. Uh, yeah, Clemson by like a million in that game. It's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah, by a million. Uh, 7 o'clock on the ACC Network Extra, the Louisville Cardinals at home against Eastern Kentucky. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Don't get beat by Ole Miss twice either. And depending hmm. on what that number is, I might be interested in Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, I kind of like Eastern Kentucky here, too. Um, Three-point winners over Western Carolina last weekend, for what that's worth. Yeah, they can throw the ball around a little bit, too. And Louisville's defense showed a propensity to not want to defend the pass. So just something to keep an eye on. If you can get a line that's you know, particularly spicy, maybe something inside like 
17 points, which might be too many. I don't know. I'd, I'd consider taking Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky, the Colonels, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, Louisville, especially being on a short week. I mean, they played Monday night to then travel back to Louisville. I don't know if you practice on Tuesday, but then you've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They needed the practice. They did, yeah. And, I mean, between that and the emotional hangover of getting embarrassed on national television, like, it's not great. I, I could see the uh, the Colonels jumping up and making this a game, so consider that. The good news for Louisville is if they lose this game, it's only going to be on, like, PBS, so. <laughs> well, I guess everyone gets that for free, though, so a lot right. of people can still watch it. It's, it's true. More people might see that than the game on ESPN. That is true. That is true. Be looking for sewing on Saturday afternoon. They're you watch Eastern Kentucky sew through the Louisville defense. Why are we watching football? Yeah, it's, that's right. I've got a good grandma impression over here. Uh, last game, 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. The Florida State Seminoles hosting Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks. Uh, Jacksonville State, of course, recent losers, 31 to nothing to UAB. But boy, Mike, what a letdown spot for Florida State here as well. I mean, as much I'll as say. Virginia Tech's letdown spot, this is as much as possible in a game they lost. This is juicier. It might be. It might be. Keep an eye on that. I have a bad feeling that at least one of these FCS games is going to go sideways on one of these ACC teams. I think it's going to be Eastern Kentucky, Louisville. I kind of or feel Kennesaw, like Kennesaw. I kind of feel like Kennesaw. Of course. Like Kennesaw Kennesaw, go, of course. I kind of feel like Kennesaw is going to go in and beat Georgia Tech. Like just because that would just be so appropriate, and and I don't know what else I would have expected. I can't wait for the call next week if that happens. It's it's well, <laughs> might be writing a column about like another sport entirely or something. Just ignore the fact that it ever happened. I mean, if Georgia Tech loses to Kennesaw, they're playing it to a new sport entirely. This is like, yeah, that's keep it. Don't eye let eye Todd Stansberry beat you twice now. Don't screw it up, Jeff Collins. This is your last chance. <laughs> this is it. This is it. All right, Mike, let's recap here real quick. I have locked up NC State minus two and a half at Mississippi State and Pittsburgh minus three at Tennessee. You have locked up both of those games as well. And in addition, you locked up North Carolina hosting Georgia State, North Carolina minus 26. Um, I have 30 on NC State, 20 on Pittsburgh, 15 on Virginia and 10 on Boston College plus 10 on the under in Pitt, Tennessee, and 15 on the under in Virginia, Illinois. You have 20 on NC State, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, 10 on Virginia, 15 on Virginia Tech, and 15 on Boston College. You have a bet on like almost every game that has a line so far. You also have 10 on the under in Virginia, Illinois. Uh, what do you have to say for game, yourself? Betting on every game that has a line is very on-brand for me, so... Yeah, this is a bit of a volume shooter kind of situation. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, enjoy those picks. Good luck to you. Uh, hopefully, I have good luck as well. I, I need it these days. Right. Uh, yeah. I think that's all I got. Anything else here on week two before we get out of here? Are there uh, other games that we like the spreads on? Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's a fair question. I uh, Yeah. I like Texas minus six or six and a half against Arkansas. I really like that. That's... I think I'm with you on that. I definitely consider betting um, 
I like, oh, I'm sorry. I got to pull this up real quick because there are, there are a few that I like. Does Ohio, Ohio State minus 14 and a half against Oregon at home. Does that do anything for you? Yeah, it does. I actually like Ohio State in that spot as well. Um, Oregon is probably going to be either without or with a limited cave on Thibodeau, which if they're not able to get a pass rush against C.J. Stroud, I really like Ohio State's chances there. I don't think Oregon secondary can hold up for four quarters. Oregon um, probably so also I, with a, a healthy but limited Anthony Brown at quarterback. Right, which, I mean... Who's to say? That don't, might be for the best. Don't read too far into healthy but limited there. <laughs> right. Um, really, he's just limited. Um, God limited him, not not his health. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, yeah, but Oregon's offensive line may also limit him. Um, <laughs> I like Utah also minus seven on the road at BYU. Uh, that could be spicy, though. So not 100% all in on it, but the line on the surface, I, I think Utah has a chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. Rivalry games get weird, though. So, Give me Air Force minus 5.5 at Navy and under oh, 41. That's a, good one. that's a good one. Navy is bad, Mike. They're bad, yeah. They have been bad. And I, it kind of happened fast. Snuck up on us, but they're not good. No. Uh, and I'm, I, I don't understand this line or the movement, but give me Iowa plus 4.5 and, and outright against Iowa State. They win this game like every year. They they do. Uh, Matt Campbell has never beaten Iowa, but um, I think Iowa State's better. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm not sure I'm betting it, though. Iowa's won five in a row in this matchup. Yeah, Campbell has never beaten Iowa. I'm trying to figure out. I, I mean, so Iowa State won back-to-back in 2011 and 2012, back in the Paul Rhodes days. Um, but, yeah, I mean... They've won it three times since 2008. So, I, I mean, maybe Iowa State's better. They're ranked higher. You know, they've got a better chance to go to the playoff, all that stuff. But, like, in this game, give me Iowa every time, even in Ames. I don't care. Yeah. That, there's a track record there. It's like when Virginia Tech plays Virginia. Um, how are you feeling about UAB plus 24 and a half on the road at Georgia? I would feel a lot more confident about this if I thought UAB could score, but I'm just not sure that they can. Yeah, I don't know. You're asking me to give 24 with Georgia against, like, anybody? I know. Uh, I mean, but, they're 24.5-point favorites in a game that the total is 45. Like, Yeah. <laughs> All it takes, literally, is Georgia to score, like, three offensive touchdowns and UAB to turn it over. I think the implied score here territory. is like yeah, implied score here is like thirty-five to ten or something like that. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's all I got on this in terms of uh, other other thoughts and interests this week. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it for me as well. Michigan's only a oh, seven you know what? Point. Sorry, I'm sorry. There's there's one. I'm sorry. There's one more. I have yeah. Oregon State minus eleven home against Hawaii. That's Hawaii's bad. God, Oregon State got me last week. I had them against. Uh, against Purdue, and uh, that did not did not go as great as I was hoping. Was not fruitful. Was not fruitful. Uh, how do we feel about Michigan minus seven and a half at home against Washington? Take a look at it. And under forty eight and a half. Decidedly Very under forty eight and a half. Low total. Two bad offenses. I need to go push the button on that now. Like love to see it. That that number is going to come down. Yeah. So, all right. 
Mike, anything else before we uh, work on getting out of here? I think we're good. I think so. All right. Well, we are going to get out of here. We're going to go watch these games. In the meantime, y'all come find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, remind me about emails, Mike. We need to come back to that here in just a second. Go find us on Spotify, on iTunes, uh, anywhere you find your podcast normally. Go find us there. Uh, you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias? Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Also on Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. Please do. Please do. Do it for the gram. Uh, speaking of emails, Mike, we do have a couple of emails from the listeners. We do not have time to hit those this week. Uh, once again, we, I mean, again, we had 14 games to talk about. Like, There's some pretty heavy schedules here early in the year. We have we have seen them. We will come back to them, hopefully, in the recap, if, depending on how sideways some of these games goes. Uh, but shout out to Lee Nobody and Keith Derrick. Uh, we see your emails. We thank you for sending them in. We will hit on them very soon, I promise. Yep. All right. Mike, anything else? I think we're good. This could be a really interesting ACC week, even though there are some bad games on paper. Just everybody stay where you are. Nobody screw anything up. Stay calm. It'll be fine. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I agree. that th There is high, uh, high propensity for this to go uh, very sideways, so we'll see. Oh, yeah. You want to go watch some games and come back and recap them? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the games. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.